Hallelujah. Mm. Father, we thank you for Dr. Savell as he's in England and, and throughout this week and then towards the end of this week heading to Ireland and then to France. Lord, I just thank you that you continue to strengthen them, empower them, equip, equip them, take them higher. I thank you, Father, for the word of God to operate and go forth swiftly. I thank you that every person they speak to has ears to hear. Thank you, Lord, that they have the ability, he has the ability to operate in the fullness of the apostle into those churches and nations that you've sent him to. And we thank you for divine presence, divine protection surrounding about them in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm. Mm. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 5. A couple weeks ago, I started talking about what I believe is the key for us to operate in greater. And I mean, what a magnificent message that Dr. Savell ministered last week. Did you, do you receive what he, what he spoke? Amen. I don't know how many times I listened to it this week. But it all is connected to this aspect of desire. Some of the things he said that, you know, that we need to just kind of remind ourselves of, that we show up to church today not to seek his hands, but we're we here to seek his face. We're here because we have an ex- expectation without manipulation. Meaning, I'm, I'm here just because I'm expecting him, not because I'm trying to maneuver anything. And today, we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to have full influence. In Luke chapter 5, verse 36, Jesus speaking here, he said, Then he spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear, and also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst in the wineskin and be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are preserved. And no one, having drunk old wine, immediately desires new. For he says, the old is better. You know, for me, growing up in a Christian home, my parents went to a denominational church. Later on, when I was uh, around 16, they left that church and went to what we would call a term as a word of faith church, and um, which there's not a whole lot of those where I'm, where I'm from, um, very, you know, uh, just very heavy in tradition in a lot of the areas where I'm from and, and those things. And so my parents uh, drove about an hour and 15 minutes to church every day, every, every week. They went every Sunday and they went every Wednesday, drove an hour and 15 minutes one way, you know, and they did that for a number of years until... Uh, until they ended up, when I, after I moved here, they ended up moving there. And, um, and so, so for, for I think close to 10 years or so, they drove every Sunday and every Wednesday an hour and 15 minutes one way to be under the Word. But in that time when I would visit with them and i go to church with them, because of the distance and I, had, I was working and those things, so I, didn't, I conveniently didn't have to go. Because, well, mom, I got to work. You know, I can't really go to church. You know, I got to work. And I'd have to say I was hearing a lot of, when I would go, there was things I heard that sounded good to me. 
I heard things like God is a good God. I heard things that God has a plan for your life. And I was hearing these things, but yet I was hearing, for me, I was hearing new wine. But the issue was I had an old wineskin. The issue was I prefer the wine I'm used to. I, I don't want to change. I'd rather stay the same. And, and so, so with this, I'm hearing these things, but, but yet because, you know, what does Jesus say in Matthew 15? He says, your traditions make the word of God of none effect. You know, and as believers in 2023, we can say we're not, we don't have traditions. Well, let me give you a better definition of what traditions are. Traditions are opinions. Traditions are customs. Traditions are ways of thinking, ways of doing. So just because you may go to a church or you say, well, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm not, for lack of a better term, I'm not religious. Nikki can talk to you about that. <laughs> she taught in staff chapel and was talking about something. So. But, but the thing is, is, is you're, don't look at traditions. He was talking to the Sadducees and the Pharisees at that time. And of course, it was their traditions because of their old wineskin. They couldn't receive what he was ministering to them. But just because you may have not been in church long or, or you, you're like, well, I'm not really churched, but I want you to know you have traditions. You have opinions about things that the word of God didn't shape in your life. You have opinions about things. You have ways of doing and ways of living. And you're like, well, well, it's okay because, you know, this is the way my parents were. Or this is how I grew up. Or this is the way this, this church operates. And this church allows these things and those things. But just because other people may allow it doesn't mean it's right. Because really what it comes down to, it is traditions keeping new wine from changing your life. So that means I need a new wineskin. So for me, I'm hearing these good things. I'm hearing God has a plan for my life. And it sounded good to me. And I wanted it so much in my life. But yet, but yet alcohol, different things were speaking louder to me than anything else. The need for wanting to be in a relationship was speaking louder to me than, than the, the, when, what they were speaking to me. Because I was funneling everything through this, this, this my old wineskin. Things that I allowed my experiences to shape. Things that I allowed my fears to shape. Things that I allowed my insecurities to shape. Things that I allowed my friends to shape. All these things were shaping this wineskin. And when I was hearing new wine, I couldn't receive it because it didn't say, I couldn't relate that. Well, I want that, but I can't get rid of this. You, you see, but there was something happening. When I was coming to my parents' church, even though I, I didn't, I couldn't describe it and I couldn't, now I can, but I didn't know that God was at work in my heart and I didn't know how to explain it. I didn't know, I couldn't, I, I couldn't tell my friends about it. And, and even though I, I couldn't even describe it myself, there was something happening in me because all of a sudden I couldn't escape it. There was the anointed word of God was now being deposited in my heart. And even though it was new wine, I had a hard time reconciling it, but yet I wanted it. 
I wanted a change in my life. I, I wanted what God's plans were for me. I would sit there being drunk and crying out to God and saying, saying, I don't want this life, but I don't know how to surrender my life. I, I, I want to be secure in who I am, and I, I want to be secure in, 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 in the plan you have for my life, but, but I don't know if I can totally give up this wineskin. Something was happening. The, the word was sown. See, desire is always comes from the word of God. Even though I didn't make an initial change in my life, even though I was not necessarily changing on the outside, there was a work going on the inside of me. And it was, it was all of a sudden now God's desire, something is happening because now there's all of a sudden I'm now having a different desire. Everything, every desire comes, every good desire comes from the word of God. When the word of God goes forth, it's a seed that is the beginning and the fountainhead of desire. It provoked a desire for more in my life. But yet, like I said, I still had an old wineskin. Let's go to Psalms 132. I want to continue to lay a foundation here and we'll, we'll see if we'll get back into my story or not. Holy Spirit, thank you for directing every word. That not one word would fall to the ground today. But it would go forth and produce in the hearts of your people. Hallelujah. Whether you realize it or not, because you are here, something's changing on the inside of you. And I, I want to encourage you, uh, for me, if you hang around a slippery creek bank long enough, you'll fall in. Psalms 132, I'm dealing with desire. Lord, remember David in all his afflictions, how he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob. Surely I will not go into the chamber of my house or go up to the comfort of my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyelids or slumber. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. Now let's go over to verse 13. And I, and I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Verse 13 says, For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Say forever. Do you know what God's heart is? you know what God's desire is? To dwell with us forever? Verse 14, this is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. You see, where did David's desire to build a house of God, build a house for God come from? It came from God's heart. See, his heart was, I want to build you a house, God. But yet God is saying, I want to dwell with my people. Allow God to shape your desires. David might have thought this, this might be just a good thing to do as a king. But ultimately it came from the heart of God. But even in that, you have to understand it came from the word of God. 
Would David have ever had a heart to build a house of God if he didn't have the writings of Moses? If he didn't have the Torah, if he didn't have the tabernacle in the wilderness, if he didn't understand the presence of God and, and the power of God and the glory of God, would he ever have said, hey, God, I want to build you a house and I'm not going to go to sleep until I build you a place where you can rest? See, desire always begins when the word of God is sown. Let's go to Exodus chapter 40. Just stay with me here. Exodus 40. Because if we didn't, if David did not have the law, if he did not have the Torah, he would have not, not understood the importance of the tabernacle. And he would not have understood the heart that God wants to come down and visit his people. David had writings like this in Exodus chapter 3 when it said, he, when God says to Moses and says, look, he goes, you know, the cries of my people, the groanings of my people have come down to me, have come up to me, and I've heard their cry, and, and, and it says this, and God says, I will come down and I will deliver them. So what was happening? God saw his people broken and in bondage, and yet God says, you know what, I need to do something about that. Why? Because God's heart is, he wants to dwell with you, Adrian. He wants to dwell with you. He wants to abide with you. That was the whole point of why he created Adam and Eve in the garden was to be able to walk in the cool of the day with them, someone he could have fellowship with, not because they had to, but because they chose to. And, and we look in Exodus chapter 30 here, and, and without taking, oh, man, there's so much here, but if you look at Exodus chapter 40, verse 1 says, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Moses saying, on the first day of the first month, you shall set up the tabernacle of the tent of meeting. Now, now without communicating too much about this this morning, if you remember a couple weeks ago, I talked about Hezekiah, remember that? And he became king. His dad was an evil king. But yet he said, I did what was right in the sight of the Lord. And I did all that was according to my father David. Remember, David wasn't his father, but yet he called him his father. He was saying, David's my example, not my earthly father. And, and, and here, and what does it say? And on the first month of the first day, the first thing that he did as a king was go in and take off the, the boards that were, that were blocking people to get to the house of God. And they went in and they repaired everything. They took the gold and the silver and they, they purified it. And they did all that into the temple and everything. The whole community turned around in 30 days. So here we see here, he said it was in, on the first day of the first month. It's something significant that I want you to see is what are you doing first with God? He goes in and he tells in this chapter, he's telling Moses, now I want you to do this. Then I want you to do this, and I want you to do this, I want you to do this, and I want you to do this. And so verse 16, he says, Thus Moses did according to all that the Lord had commanded him, so he did. And it came to the pass in the first month of the second year, on the first day of the month. Verse 19 says, And the tabernacle, it, and he spread out the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering of the tent on top of it as the Lord God had commanded Moses. 
Now, I could read each one of these, but, but it, it go down to verse 20. It says, And he brought the ark into the tabernacle. He hung up the veil on the covering and portioned it off, the ark of the testimony, as the Lord had commanded Moses. He put the table in the tabernacle of meeting on the north side of the tabernacle, outside the veil, and he set the bread in order upon it before the Lord, as the Lord God had commanded Moses. The end of verse 25 says, as the Lord had commanded Moses. The end of verse 27, as the Lord had commanded Moses. The end of verse 29, as the Lord had commanded Moses. Verse 32, whenever they went into the tabernacle of meeting and when they came near the altar, they washed, as the Lord had commanded Moses. And he raised up the court all around the tabernacle and the altar and hung up the screen of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. Verse 34, then, say then, the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. You see, you see, there was something that Moses was saying as he did as God commanded, then the glory of God came down. You see, when, when David is writing, or David is writing to us, and he's reading Moses' life, he's got a desire for something more than he has. Do you see that? Hold your, hold your place in Exodus and go to Luke chapter 6. Actually, I'm sorry. Go to, go to Psalm 65. Thank you, Father. Psalm 65. Verse 1. Praise is awaiting you, O God, in Zion. And to you the vow shall be performed. Verse 2. And you who hear prayer, to you all flesh will come. So what is... David is writing to us here, and he says, Praise is awaiting you, O God, in Zion. God is awaiting praise. And to the vow, meaning the the promised deed, and to you the promised deed shall be performed, O you who hear prayer, or you could say worship, and you who hear prayer, to you all flesh will come. All flesh will come. If you understand this phrase, and all flesh will come, it's, a, it's also found in Isaiah 66. And it says, from new moon to new moon, to one Sabbath to another Sabbath, all flesh shall worship me. Now, what, what, what is this, what's important by this? This is meaning, meaning all of a sudden, this worship aspect of worshiping based on one single day is totally changing. And here he's saying, all flesh will come, for, and it'll be from new moon to new moon, from one Sabbath to another, all flesh will worship. Meaning, it's not going to be based on a single day, but it's going to be something that we do daily. It's going to be something that we continually do every day of our lives. So all flesh will come. Verse 3, iniquities prevail against me. 
what is he saying? He's saying, God is saying, look, iniquities, are, there's a wall between us. There's something that's blocking us. There's something that's hindering us. As for your transgressions, you will provide atonement for them. Meaning God's going to do something about this. Then verse 4 says, blessed is the man you choose and cause to approach you. That he may dwell in your courts. So here David is writing to us here and he's, and he's talking about the presence of God. He has this desire to build God a house. He has a desire to be in God's presence. And he had to get that from Moses. Now let's go back to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus 33. Thank you, Father. Verse 14. And he said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will do all this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. In verse 18, and he said, please show me your glory. I, I, I want you to see here, I wanted to, to communicate some of these things to us because you have to understand, why, how did David get a desire to build a house for God? It was because he had the writings of Moses. How could he say, blessed are those that you cause to draw near, that we might be satisfied with the goodness of your house? Because David had this this aspect, these writings of Moses saying, I want to see his glory. I want to build you a house, God, because I want to see your glory. David had a desire for the presence of God, the power of God, the goodness of God, and the glory of God because he had Moses' heart written down. And for us, as a pastor, my heart is that you have a desire for him. Now go to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Thank you, Father. Now remember, I had this old wineskin and I was hearing new wine. But yet I couldn't receive it. I, I, I was wanting what they were saying. But I, I didn't know how I could get there. I wanted change. Most people that are going through different things in their life, they know they need change. They're just not sure how to get there. You may be sitting here this morning and and just you're tired of this cycle of defeat in your life and you're like, yeah, I want something new, but you're not sure how to get there. That's where I was. Now let's look at this verse in Luke chapter 6, verse 21. Blessed are you who hunger now. Yeah. 
I, I like that Matthew says, Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. But there's something about Luke's version of this I just, I just like because he says, Blessed are you who hunger now. You, you see, it's not about what you hungered for yesterday. But it's about what are you hungering for right now? What are you desperate for right now? What are you desiring for right now? David was desiring to build God a house. Moses was desiring, hey, I need to see God's glory. I want to see God's glory. Why do you think all of a sudden Moses goes in the wilderness and he takes all these instructions and saying, Moses, do this, and, and says, as, he, as, he, as the Lord commanded him, that's what he did. Why? Because he wanted God more than anything else in his life. And I want us as a body of believers where we come to a place where we want God more than anything else in our life. Everything else falls to the wayside except for his word, for his presence, for his house, for his people. For the world outside, the world that needs a, the world that needs a loving Savior, that, that this is how we're living our lives. This is what causes us to, to wake up in the morning is saying, God, I want to be used by you. God, I desire you. Blessed are those that hunger now. Now, the word blessed is empowered to prosper. You see... Me becoming greater and going to the maximum has to do with my hunger. Blessed are those. But there, there's, this, there's, this, there's this prerequisite. What is the prerequisite? Hunger now. I mean, if you're tired of what you've been getting, I want to encourage you to do something different now. See, some people are like, well, 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 you know, tomorrow. Well, you know, six months from now. Well, you know, when I get the new job. Or, well, you know, when this happens or when we get out of debt or when we do this. Everything in our, in, in our natural man wants to put everything off till tomorrow. It's kind of like Pharaoh with, with the plagues. And, and they said, do you want to get rid of these frogs? And they're like, well, Tomorrow. I mean, why would you want to, like Jesse says, spend one more night with the frogs? I mean, why? And, and so, so the thing is, blessed are those that hunger now, for they shall be filled. What are you hungering for right now? There's something about hunger. Hunger will drive you to do things. It will, it will drive you to go places. It will cause you to do things that you normally wouldn't do. Hunger. Now, we don't know, I don't think we truly know hunger. Like what this word is referring to. This des- if I don't get something to eat, I- I'm not going to live. In our Western culture understanding, we don't know what that kind of hunger is like. Let me make this statement. Hunger... It also is a sign of health. What do I mean by that? You know, what's one of the first things that happens when you don't feel well? You don't have an appetite. You're not hungry. So if you're not hungry for God, that lets me know that you're probably sick spiritually. If you're not hungry for God, then... 
it's probably a thing that you're, there's something wrong. If you, if you don't want to be with your spouse or you try to find a way to escape from your spouse, then your relationship isn't healthy. If you don't hunger for God's word, that lets me know that there's something wrong with you spiritually. Because being hungry for God is a sign of health. Amen, Pastor Justin. I mean, David was hungry to build a house for God. Moses was hungry to see the glory of God. Blessed are those, empowered are those that hunger now. Hunger now. You may say, Pastor Justin, I, I don't, I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't, I, I don't, I don't know why I don't have a passion for God like you're saying. I, I, don't, I don't get it, Pastor Justin. Isn't this church thing just like this? I come on Sunday and then we go and go about the rest of our life because it's just our duty to do it. And hey, you know, I do my checkbox and no. We're not going to have church as usual. I don't want to be just a normal, what the world would say, just, oh, well, that's just one of those Christians. Amen. But nothing's happening in my life. Hunger now. Hunger now. And if that's you this morning, just when you go home today or you lay down tonight, if all you could pray is, Lord, I don't fully understand what Pastor, I don't get it. He seems so excited about the Lord. Then pray this prayer, Lord, make me hungry. In Isaiah, there was a prayer that they prayed and said, Lord, give them a heart to know you. I, I want to pray for each of us right now before I go forward. Father, I thank you for every person in this room. Lord, and I thank you for every person watching by way of internet. Lord, I ask that you give them a heart to know you. I thank you they will hunger for your word. They will hunger for your presence. They will hunger, hungry, be hungry to be around other believers. They will be hungry. They, they, they can't wait to get up in the morning to read the word. They can't wait to, to, to turn on a worship song and lift their hands to heaven. They can't wait to, to be able to go witness to someone and tell them about your goodness and tell them about your faith. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you are giving them a heart to know you, to pursue you, to run hard after you. I thank you, Lord, that they will have such a desire on the inside of you. And they'll be the same desire that David had in Psalms 27. I declare they'll have that same heart. One thing have I desired, and that will I seek after, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and to behold the beauty of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. If you heard that, you're a marked man and a woman this morning because, because I just sowed. I sowed. You know what? I believe I receive when I pray. So something's changing in your life, whether you like it or not. Hallelujah. Hungry. Hunger now, for they shall be filled. Hunger now, for they shall be filled. Hallelujah. I'm hungry now. How about you? Now, I'm talking about spiritually. I know it's 11.15, but... I mean, well, yesterday, this time, it was 10.15, so you shouldn't be hungry yet, okay? (laughs) 
Go to Luke's, uh, thank you. Matthew 7. Matthew 7. Now, last week, some of y'all were cheering when Dr. Savell said, you know, we're going to have church all day long. I mean, <laughs> Matthew, Matthew 7. Verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. You're not going to ask for something you don't desire. You know, no one, no one will get, Lord, I'm asking for a car wreck. Come on, give me a car wreck. No one's that, no. You, you're going to ask for something you desire. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it will be opened to you for everyone who asks. Now, there's several, the word ask is in this scripture quite a few times. But in this particular word, for everyone who asks, isn't, Actually, I learned this from Miss Carolyn in her prayer class that she taught. Every time you see this word ask here doesn't mean you're making a verbal request. But this word here, for everyone who asks, receives. This word ask in the original Greek means desire, crave. For everyone who craves, everyone who desires, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. What man is there among you if he has a son asks for bread? Who desires bread? Will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Evil there means natural. If you, being a natural father, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more will your father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? You see, as I ask, I receive. I, I, it, it's this, this desire. It, it, it's how do I know what I'm hungry for? It's based on what I'm pursuing. It's what I'm asking, what I'm seeking, and what I'm knocking. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you'll find. I'm seeking something. Why? Because I desire it. I'm knocking on the door. Why? Because I want what's on the other side. And it's the same thing. It goes on and says, if you being natural know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more would the Heavenly Father give good gifts? You see, when I desire Him, when I desire His Word, when I desire all that He is, then what happens is all of a sudden now my desires start to change. Thank you, Father. Hunger now. Thank you, Father. Go to Luke 5. And start it here. And if some of you have heard my story, but I... Thinking about this, how I began, about the new wineskin and the old wineskin. New wine and new wineskin. I was hearing things that I hadn't heard before. And when I heard them, there was something on the inside of me was like, 
I want that. God, you have a plan for my life. I wish it was true. I want change. I want change, but how how do I get change? It was... My appetite was changing. I didn't even realize it. Where... I I remember... (laughs) My brother-in-law, Jay... And I remember about three months before we got born again, I remember being so drunk on the phone. And I called Jay up on a Sunday afternoon, and they had just gotten home from church. I don't know why I was calling. But for some reason, there was something in me that was hungry for something else. I don't know what came over me. I called him on the phone. was 1992 so it was da 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 you know <laughs> that's a long time when you're drunk man that's <laughs> and Jay answers the phone and I go Jay I love you Jay I love you I love you too Justin Jay I, Jay, I really love you Jay, I don't know why I'm, I'm talking to you, but I love you. There was something changing in me. You're like, wow, that wasn't really changed. You were, no. It was, there was something in my heart that was working in my life. I, and then all of a sudden I had, I'd leave the liquor store on Saturday night because that was my job and I'd, I'd leave and, and I'd, I'd go down to where my sister lived and, and I'm just like, well, I want to go down just so I can get drunk with my sister's neighbor. His name was Tony. Great guy. <laughs> and so, so I go to church and then go to church Sunday night Then afterwards we go to his apartment and his apartment was right next to my sister's apartment. So we leave church. He'd go too. And we'd come home and we're doing shots of Bacardi 151. And we're talking about church. So next week, do the same thing. But I'm hearing the word. And you're like, oh, you sinner. How can you go to church and then go get drunk? Well, some of you did it last night, so don't talk me. I'm not condemning you. Hey. This is no, I was pointing no fingers at no one. I'm not looking at anyone. But you're here because God's doing a work in you. So, so you have to understand, all of a sudden my appetites were changing and I was wanting something more. I was wanting something different. I didn't know how to get there. Some of you heard the stories. I'm rolling blunts with my friends and we're on my back porch and, and we're passing a blunt and they're going, they're going, well, what are you going to do when you grow up? This is, this is the conversation of 18-year-olds. I'm going to be a preacher. <laughs> Who says that? Who says that? Your pastor did. 
And you know what? All my friends looked at me and goes, yeah, I see that. <laughs> but, uh, all, but something was changing in me. I developed some health issues all during this time as well. I was at a fraternity party and had to get rushed to the hospital. Things were happening. But yet, I was tired of being sick and tired. I tried to go in the military. I couldn't because of my health. I, tried, I was trying to find, okay, what am I going to do with my life? I, this is, I'm, I'm dying here. And yet, I'm hearing, God's a good God. God has a plan for your life. Seek first the kingdom of God. I'm hearing new wine, but my traditions were kind of, opinions, living, was all messed it up. Until that Sunday night in January when I had a high fever and I couldn't breathe. I had a, just praying over this, to put it this way, I had a Moses experience, so to speak. Now, I didn't say, show me your glory. I would have no clue what that is. But yet, the words that I was hearing, I'm like, God, I'm hearing this when I come and visit. Lord, do you, you still have a plan for my life? I've run from you for so long. I can't breathe. I, they're saying if this doesn't change, I'll be on oxygen every day for the rest of my life. God, if, if you're real, if you're real, and if you are what they say you are, I need you. I could have said, show me your glory. Desire. The things I was hearing all of a sudden was giving birth to, all of a sudden now it was like, I need, God, if you're real, I need you. And some of you heard the story, but I believe it's important this morning. Laying there, the TV was on, I was on this blue sectional, and I'm laying down, the TV's on, I don't really know what's because I can barely breathe. I had a high fever about 104. Laying there, my sister was a nurse, so she had to go to work. My brother-in-law played the drums at the church, and so he had left, and so I'm there all by myself, and I'm laying there in this apartment. And I heard the voice say, tell me you love me. So now it was like, I, I'm like, tell me you love me. What? I'm laying there, I'm going, I love you. I love you. Barely breathing. I love you. I'm like, this is stupid. I'm talking to myself. I'm hearing things. This is crazy. I just stopped and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, God, if you're real, if you are this good God they say you are, if this is, if you still have a plan for my life, if this is the things that I heard and I heard people pray over me at, at nine years old, at 12 years old, yeah, Lord, Lord you, when, when, I, when I was born, you said I was only to live 30 minutes. And they rushed me to John Hopkins, and I was there for 16 months. 
It's a long 30 minutes. And I'm laying there and just crying out to God, if you're real, if you're real, I, I need you. So this desire that was being sown, this new wine that was being sown into me, all of a sudden it was like it was giving birth to something. This desire was giving birth to, to a heart cry. And the heart cry was, God, if you're real, I need you. And all of a sudden I heard this voice again, loud and clear. I don't know if it was audible or whatever it was, but he said, turn away from the TV. I'm on the sectional. Turn away from the TV and tell me you love me and don't stop. And I'm laying there and, and, and I'm going, I love you. I love you. I, I love you. Barely being able to breathe. And I don't know how long I did it, but all of a sudden it shifted from I love you to I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Oh, I love you, Lord. All of a sudden now I can breathe. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I, I, this fire went through me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And you could take my shirt I had on. You could wring out with water from my fever breaking. And I'm going, I love you. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And also now I could breathe like I hadn't been able to breathe in a long time. You know what I do? I get up and I'm do, I go like this. No one told me you need to dance or praise the Lord. It was like if you hadn't been able to breathe and all of a sudden now you could breathe and all of a sudden things, you're going to act totally different. It's like I, I didn't care what was happening. It was something happened on the inside of me. And not only was I healed, but I, I received new wine and it gave birth to a new wineskin. And all of us from me, the Lord say, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I love you, Lord. Stand to your feet. One of the greatest, the greatest declaration of surrender I've made in my life we're in those four words. I love you, Lord. You're like, well, well, Pastor, I don't know how to worship. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thirty years ago. Thirty years ago. Wow. In that phrase, I love you, Lord, was every bit of surrender. It was... It was my salvation declaration.
the word was sown in my heart and it brought forth a hunger. Brought forth a declaration. Yes, Lord. And it brought forth a manifestation. Then in turn, then brought about sanctification. I was walking, was praying here on Friday. I don't, I don't try to sit and come up with cute phrases or cute things. That's not, that's not what I do. But I was walking, walked in the back door and was walking down the aisle, just walking, praying over today's service. And I got to right where Miss Carolyn is, and, and the Lord said, Justin, you are in a dispensation of manifestation. Dispensation is a period of time of things being to be released. And I always heard we're in this dispensation of grace, which we are. From the time that Jesus went to the, to the throne, poured his blood on the mercy seat, sent the Holy Spirit, we're in this dispensation of God's grace, right? But he said, you know what a dispensation of grace is, Justin? He said this. He goes, it is a dispensation. It is a time for my people to be sanctified. It's a time for my people to make declarations and it's time for my people to see manifestation I didn't realize it but that night that, that I experienced that that's what took place yes it was God's grace made available to me but what I, I declared something and I, what I declared I saw the manifestation of it and then from that time on he's continuing to renew me to be transformed by his word. And that's my heart for each one of us. That we would see his manifestation in our lives. This is the year of the greater. It's the year of the maximum. Highest level attainable. Thank you, Father. Mm. My heart this morning by the spirit of the Lord was to provoke a hunger in you. To sow the seed to establish the desire in each one of our hearts. And just lift your hands. And just say, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Now just out of your own heart. Hallelujah. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Such a simple phrase, but from the heart, it is everything maybe you need to be born again and never made Jesus all your life just out of a sincere heart just say Lord I love you Lord I bring my life before you Lord I thank you for forgiving me of all my sins thank you for forgiving me and calling me causing me to be a son of God Maybe you're here this morning and maybe you need healing in your body. Just with your hands lifted. Just, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Maybe you need to come back to the Lord today. Maybe you've been, been, been weary and dry and back in a backslidden state. And you're like, I need to get things right. Well, just lift your hands and say, I love you, Lord. I bring my life before you. I come back to you with all of my heart, my soul, my mind, and my strength. I love you, Lord, more than anything else. I, I hunger now for you, Lord. I hunger now for you. 
holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Hallelujah. Danny, can you lead us in something? Hallelujah.
worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Oh, we love you, Lord. Sing a new song to the Lord. Sing a new song unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Paul said, I will praise. Paul said, I will praise within the Spirit. And I will praise in my understanding. Oh, sing a new song unto the Lord. Blessed are those, blessed are those that hunger now. Hallelujah. Blessed are those that hunger now. Psalm 65, blessed are those whom you cause to draw near, that you would be satisfied with the goodness, satisfied, satisfied, overflowing, overflowing with the goodness of his house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If, you're, if you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, hallelujah. Come up here real quick. Come up here real quick. Eric, Eric, Nikki. Hallelujah. Joseph, Pastor Phil. Hallelujah. Just be ready. Hallelujah. You've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, being satisfied with the goodness of His house. The goodness. Everything that He has. Hallelujah. Being Spirit-filled. I, I, was, in my, I was in my car driving to work when, when I was crying out for more. I was hungry for more of God. Hallelujah. And the, the Spirit of God said, Justin, just open your mouth. Hallelujah. And give voice to what was down on the inside of you. And all of a sudden, I, I lifted my hands while, while I was driving. lifted my hands and all of a sudden, I went from singing Ron Canoli's song, Jesus is Alive, to, to all of a sudden, It came out like a mighty river. And there's some here today that you need the river to flow out of you today. You need that river to flow out of you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe it's been years, years since you've been filled with the Spirit. And all of a sudden you're, you're dry on the inside. Just come up here real quick. Come up here real quick. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul, David said, David said, when I'm in a dry and weary land, I go to the house of God. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Because it's there I see your power and I see your glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You just feel oppressed, heavy, and you've just been, been dry on the inside. But, but yet you haven't been activating that spiritual gift. Come up real quick. Come up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not doing this for me. Hallelujah. The Lord desires you to be satisfied with the goodness of His house. Hallelujah. Be satisfied with the goodness of His house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, I know. I know. Hallelujah. I know that I know. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Be satisfied with the goodness of His house. Holy, 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 holy. Holy, holy, holy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. There's at least three others. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Like a river. Oh, like a river. Hallelujah. Oh, he desires all that you have for him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just give voice to that. Overwhelm him and overtake him. Oh, with all that you are. Being satisfied with the goodness of your house. Satisfied with the goodness of your house. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Eric, hallelujah. Satisfied with the goodness. Filled, filled, filled. Every bit filled. Oh, we love you, Lord. Out of our belly shall flow rivers. Hallelujah. Out of our belly shall flow rivers. Hallelujah, Annette. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Just place your hand there. Oh, gosh. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, like a rushing mighty. Oh, Oh, from the top of her head. Oh, just release that what you feel on the inside of you. Release. Oh, Mayata. Oh, Raka. Oh, Shebredi Ish. Oh, Ramando Goshokos. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Your love. Oh, Robogoshokotere. Sombarade. Just like Jeremiah said, like a fire shut up in my bones. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Just everyone lift your hands to heaven. Lift your hands to heaven. Oh, Father, I thank you for the fire. I welcome the fire. 
hallelujah, to come down upon me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I thank you that you have baptized us with living water. I thank you that when they leave here today, they will leave here with living water flowing out of them. I thank you they will be refreshing to everywhere they go. They will be refreshing. They will be refreshing. They will be a reviving. Hallelujah. Everywhere they go, they're giving living water. Everywhere they go, they're living water. Oh, everywhere they go, they start fires. They start fires. Oh, everywhere they go, they start fires. Oh, thank you. Come down upon them right now in a way. Hallelujah, Lord, that just the fire of God would, would set them apart for service. Set them apart for, for the gifting. Set them apart for the callings. Set them apart. Hallelujah. Thank you, fire of God. Come down upon them and give them the, the direction on where they're to go to school, where they're to work, where they're to live, where they're to go to church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that the fire of God is moving and working in them. Hallelujah. Thank you for the anointing that breaks every yoke and removes every burden. I thank you right now that the fire of God, hallelujah, is coming upon lives and separating them from wrong relationships. Oh, separating them from wrong relationships. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. We hunger now. We hunger now. We hunger now. Hallelujah. Blessed are those that hunger now, for they shall be filled. Blessed are those that hunger now. Hunger now. Woo! Hunger now. Oh, thank you, Father. Holy, holy, holy. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Lord. Say, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Say thank you, Lord, for doing a work in me. Mm. Holy, 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 holy. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Give him a shout of praise. Woo!